This is the High Hopes Podcast. High Hopes. It's a bunch of baseball nerds talking about the Phillies on Odyssey in Sports Radio 94 WIP. Yo! edition of the high hopes podcast presented by miller light celebrate responsibly and oh buddy jack fritz like look today classic fashion yes. you know i mean they always lose when we're recording when we're like oh it could be like off the charts maybe it's because they're saving my my voice for that playoff yo which right. we know is going to be insane and so, my knees and my knees from running that too that dude's a great point jack it's a great point but look i came into this week saying after that met series we're all pissed off and well I, w- I was all right but but people were pissed off and i said five and two and i'm happy six and one like i'm ecstatic and they went six and one they just happened to win the first six and uh, high hopes night, which we'll get into in a second. But um, I feel great about this team, man. Like even with the the games today, they're still what like five games up on a playoff spot with the tiebreaker. They're still up on the Padres. They're up on the Brewers. Like Harper's back, man. We'll talk about Wheeler. That's obviously concerning, but I, I I'm hopeful. I'm not as concerned as I thought I'd be with that. With everything said, like. It's good, man. We just did a high hopes night. They're a good baseball team. They won both my hopes nights this year. Like, this is awesome, man. They won all three high hopes nights this year. The the oh, one in skip back was it. also a win. Yes. Oh, and maybe uh maybe one more coming up. We'll get to that later. Yeah. Well, you dude, it's like the the Mets lost one nothing at home to the Rockies with Max Scherzer on the mound. The Padres are down twelve to six in the eighth against the Royals. Uh, you know, today is not meltdown city that they lost the game against the, the, the pirates. And by the way, like first time, like fully seeing Contreras, uh, in a full start, that dude is nasty. Like yeah, he's good. Like he's good stuff. I mean, good stuff. I, I, like JT has been so locked in for so long. I hadn't seen him miss a slider by that much in like months. It was like, he wasn't even close. And, um, yeah, it was vintage, right? I mean, heading into the day, it's like, all right, they're going to win seven straight. The vibes are going to be super high. Uh, the, the high hopes podcast we record tonight, is going to be, uh, absolutely meltdown city and it didn't happen. But James, I sit here and I, the way I feel about this team and the way that I just trust them and don't think things are going to go wrong, I feel two things. The first thing I feel is that I would put this team up there with the 07 to 11 teams. Oh, I love it. I'm I not, love when you do this. this I'm saying, like, I think they are on the same level as those teams. Love it. Obviously, love it. a couple of them are Break. different. The 08 team was, was all power and. Cole Hamels went on it went nuts for which streak was which run was better the Hamels run in the playoffs in 2008 or Foles's run in the in the Super Bowl run I mean <laughs> do you want me to answer that I mean it's probably you know, Foles right because you didn't see it coming yeah it's absolutely but Foles. hold on man my guy had like a 180 RA in the OA postseason this is not to take away from Hamels Hamels run was epic and amazing but Nick Foles in the two most important games in the history of the franchise played like the two best games a quarterback has ever played, including outdueling the greatest in the history of the sport. Hold while on, Cole that, Hamels. While that guy, while that guy had his greatest Super Bowl ever statistically, like, come on. Hold on, man. Yeah. Hold on. Cole Hamels outdueled Matt Garza, so yeah, true, if you could, true. I would put that Good about point. on the same level Good as point. Tom Brady. 
Same Dude, thing. Same Matt, thing. Matt Garza also should have been way better. But regardless. You, uh, you say that, and Matt Garza had, like, a really nice career. <laughs> like, Matt Garza was a pitcher for a long time and made a lot of starts and made a lot of money. Like, I, yes, he probably should have been better, but, like, you know, people should be so lucky to have Matt Garza's Major League Baseball career. Frankly, I did not see four minutes in getting into Matt Garza. I know. What are we doing here? I, we haven't even talked about I.O. I about. know. Hold on. All right. Let me just finish my thought here, okay. buddy. Go ahead. Okay. So the 08 team, obviously, they mashed. They're unbelievable. The bullpen. Wait, do I want to let you finish this thought? This feels like I'm. Uh, we're, we're approaching heresy here. No. I feel no. this is nerve wracking. Let me okay, get it okay. out. Let me. I, okay, I, okay. I, yeah. I was stuck in a car for an hour and a half with nothing I to know. do. I know. <laughs> and we already apologize. It'll be a short normally it's be a longer pod but jack is on the air in like an hour and we were planning on recording like an hour ago and jack just sat in a ton of traffic so we're gonna where do is we everyone can. going at five o'clock on a sunday <laughs> like where what do you people have to do i don't understand Dude, i usually fly down me. here on I'm sundays i traffic's my least favorite thing literally in life so i i feel your pain so no, but all right. So I, I feel the way I feel about this team is the way that I felt about those teams where it's like every night I think they're going to, you know, outside of obviously today, but like on, on a night in night out basis, I feel like consistently they are a good team that I don't think is going to go completely crater. They can win. They can reel off, you know, eight out of nine or whatever out of nowhere. Like, and that's what those teams did. You know, I mean, the 08 team, we didn't totally... I think we had a good feeling about them. We obviously didn't know that they were going to end up winning the World Series that year. But after that, it was like the 09 team, they're going to figure it out. The 10 team, they're going to figure it out. The 11 team, they're going to figure it out. And that's kind of how I feel about this team. Like they have every aspect checked when it comes to uh, looking at a good baseball team. You know, the, the starting staff, Wheeler, I'm with you. I'm not massively concerned. I mean, he, Dabrowski said he could have made his next start. Uh, they're 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 in the midst of a really easy stretch on the schedule. I would be shocked if this turns into anything worse. I, th- I think L.A. said on the air today. They talked to Wheeler today, and Wheeler was like, "I actually feel way better." So you know, yeah. I, I am not panic city about that. Sir Anthony, he was throwing to uh, he was throwing in a, in a in a cage today. Need him back. I mean, because the bullpen is giving me a little bit of uh, concern. It's the here. only thing, right? Like, it's literally the only thing right now that you can point to and be have concern about, you know, and the wheel to the wheeler thing. But I'm with you. Honestly, obviously, you see the, the forearm uh, tightness or whatever it is. Anytime you see forearm, it's like your eyes bulge out of your head in, in terror. But uh, with you, I'm with you. I don't think, like, in look, we, we know you can't always or actually rarely trust what GMs or president of baseball ops or whatever say. But the rhetoric with this from Dombrowski, from Wheeler, from the franchise, like they wouldn't be saying this stuff if he was getting Tommy John or if there was a chance of getting Tommy John. Like they would look like it would be like ridiculous. You know what I mean? Like it would be too far. It's not like, oh, we're not going to trade this guy where there's like a strategic advantage. Like like they would not be as like openly positive about this if it were not like something they're not truly concerned about. Also, I think Wheeler would have like talked to the media and stuff. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I agree. If it was, I, and again, I don't think Dombrowski would say could have bitched through it. Like, you know, people know when you see forearm. You know, we're all baseball fans, especially this podcast. We're disease baseball fans. Forearm is not good, Tommy John wise. That's the scary thing. But I think they got out in front of it, and I'm with you. I'm, I'm, 
I, initially, I was I was concerned, and yes, I'm not. yeah, and and I mean, it reminds me a lot of what they did with Ranger. You know, basically they gave Ranger 15 days off to to make sure he gets his gets uh gets back and going in the right direction. But like they 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 have almost everything checked off checked off, and now the price is back. Like, dude, I don't know about you, but. I looked at the, at the lineup for Saturday like eight times to make sure it was real. Like the fact that Gene Segura, who is just is turning into a, a folk hero here, um, is is in the eight jeans, hole. Jeans. Yeah, jeans, jeans. jeans. We just need that. We just need to add uh, like Jimmy's Sigs or something and have like another well, finger that, w- that would promote unhealthy like, uh, lifestyle choices. Well, yeah, yeah, probably not. But I, <laughs> I don't think that flows. But yeah. like, dude, this the lineup on Saturday: Schwarber, Hoskins, Bohm, Harbor, Real, Muto, Castellanos, like Stott, Insane. Segura, Marsh. Like, insane. that's a lineup. So you have the lineup on paper, which is really good. It's insane, dude. It's insane. It's insane. It's insane. We've you, talked. How many shows have we done over the last five years about like this lineup, this lineup, and like theoretically, we've always been right. Like, this is finally it. Like, this is finally that lineup where you know there really isn't like Brandon Marsh. You know, that's like the whole. Like but, that's but it. even like every, I, everyone else out is a tough out, and Marsh is better. You know he's fine. Well, any and the defense has just been it's, it's exactly such exactly. a welcome sight. Like one through eight is like tough at bats. Every single dude. Yeah. Um. So like the lineup, I think is only going to continue to get better. Um. It's funny. Like they've gotten this far. You know they're what 15, 14 games over five hundred. They've gotten this far, and it hasn't even been the whole smash the bell moniker. You know it's. It's been it's been the starting staff's been better than I think people thought. Nola having a really big bounce back year. Wheeler being pretty good. Ranger going on like an insane two month run here. Um, uh, Gibby being pretty good every time he goes out. Like you know four good four really good starts, one bad, whatever. Like you'll take that out of Kyle Gibson. That's the nicest thing I'll say about him. Um, Cinder gem the other day, buddy. Yeah, gem the other day. Cind- I, I mean, it was about time Cindergard, You know, finally came back down to earth a little bit. Um, you know. The whole he hadn't lost a start since he'd been here. It's like that's fine, oh, whatever. Um, but you know they actually have depth now to where if they do miss guys for for a start, it's not like we're bringing up you know I don't know like Drew Anderson or whoever. No, dude, I, I said this on the radio this week. Like Falter and Sanchez. Like honestly, I don't like it's probably a top five, six, seven combo in the league. Like that, like it's up there. Like not that many teams can bring up a six, seven guys where it's not like a total disaster if these guys have to start games for you and you have the chance for them to, you know, pitch like Cliff Lee. So, you know, I mean, come on. Yeah. I mean, I don't know who would ever make that comparison. Six starter is getting compared to Cliff Lee. Come on. Hold on, man. When Gabe did it with Drew Smiley, everyone thought it was endearing. I didn't compare (laughs) him to Cliff Lee. I just said, I felt like I was watching Cliff Lee all over again. So you can take that whatever way you want, pal. Um, I don't think it was a direct comp, but either way, you know, they have, and then obviously last point is, is the bullpen. Like it's been a little uh, shaky here recently. You know, I think Brogdon's going through a period of dead arm, Um, you know, like it's been like 94 uh, cutters and look like it's cutting as well. But, you know, I think that, I think he's he'll be fine. He'll figure it out. Um, you have like Nick uh, Nick Nelson. I actually think it's, been, it's so weird. Like I think Nick Nelson's been pretty good this year, and then it's like he'll have that one where it's just an absolute blow up. Um, so the bullpen definitely without Sir Anthony just being. And he's back. kind of annoying to watch, like with the the constant like licking the fingers and like this and that. Like he's just kind of like the mannerisms. Like there's something about him that is like. A little irritating, especially when he's struggling. Well, what you know ir- what I mean? Yeah. Well, what irritates me is like, 
like JT will be uh, lined up on the inside for a fastball and like Nick Nelson will just pull it to the other side. It's like, how did you get to the big leagues and miss yeah. a fastball spot by like a legitimate foot and a half? Um, but yeah, so, you know, the bullpen, like Brad Hand's been way better than I ever thought he was going to be like shocking. Um, but, you know, it's just they're a really well-constructed, finally deep team to where even, you know, if they if a couple guys need some days off, you know, you can put in stubs for, for JT and it's not nappy, your guy. You know, like Sosa has, hasn't done great at the plate and he had that weird defensive game out of nowhere that was like dreadful. But I I think Edmundo Sosa is pretty good when he goes out there. Like Veerling's a guy, you know. Like they are just a, a well-constructed baseball team and they go out and they take care of business. So uh, the, the, the hopes are not down on this Sunday night edition of this podcast. No, the so hopes are super high. They won six out of seven this week just because they lost the one today. If they had lost on Monday and then won six straight, we would have been losing our minds tonight. Like, yes. You know, we got to be real with it. All right. Especially on a Sunday where, let's be honest, they're humans. They know they're about to fly out to Arizona tonight. They have a game to play tomorrow night. Like, you know, those are tough days. We know getaway days. Like, that stuff's for a reason. Like, it is what it is. It's a grind of a season. They're going to lose games. Like, I'm psyched, man. This team's awesome. They are so firmly entrenched for a playoff spot right now. What? There's like 33 games left. They're, you know, five games up essentially with the tiebreaker. They could essentially go have an under 500 record with the games left and and still win what like 89, 90 games. Like, you know, um, it's 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 freaking awesome, man. And I was saying this, and it's a perfect way to to mention high hopes night. And we'll get back to the team in a second, obviously. But first of all, shout out to Miller Light for letting this happen. Thank you, Miller Light, for these you know opportunities you've given us this year. Because uh, the the Ring the Bell night and Miller Light Liberty Landing was honestly maybe the best high hopes night yet. I mean, Jack and I were blown away. It was like people waiting in line to meet us. It's like. I, like surreal. I'm like, what is happening right now? Like, let's just all like form a big huddle and we can all talk to each other at the same time. It was crazy. You are all like the most amazing, awesome people ever. And, and it wasn't just, you know, this huge line of people beginning, but then people hung out the whole game. Like I felt like it was yet like a crew of like 15 to 20 deep people just hanging the whole game talking. And it was a lot of people we know come many times and, and new people. And, um, you know, it was really amazing. And, and what made me think of it is that it was the first time I kept turning to people and and the Harper moment, like the the as much energy and excitement as I felt in that building in a while. And, you know, it, it felt like for, I kept saying to people, I'm like, can you can you believe this? We have a, a high hopes night with a a really good baseball team that we believe in and it's fun to watch and we actually like want to pay attention to the game instead of just talk to each other the whole time during a 15 to four blowout loss or whatever. Um, it just was fun to, obviously the night itself was amazing. And I, I, if you came, I love every single one of you. We had the best time meeting everyone, but like, it was really a really cool, like kind of, um, you know, way to put it in perspective, Jack, like to, to feel like what it was like to do this thing in this pod that we've done for so long and, and is our favorite thing to do. And we love the team and we love the community we built. And it's like truly the most diseased, like heartfelt, thoughtful, like Phillies fan group that we could possibly have. And to like actually finally be there with a bunch of people who care about the pod and we care about them and like to be watching a good Phillies team. Like, I don't know, like it felt like it was like meaningful. Like it felt like, like, Totally different in all the best ways, Jack. 
Well, it was a tough scene for the for uh, young people don't care about baseball crowd because I don't know about you. There was a, a lot of passion for for it was awesome. Yeah, for this team for baseball. Well, you you had a bunch of like uh, Garrett and his buddies all won tickets on your show. It was like with Phillies trivia, no less. And it was like twelve young dudes who just came to hang out with the pod and see the game. It was like a ton of young people. It was awesome. Yeah, it was, and it was like. I think I think we were there and like the line was starting and I think I turned to you and I was I don't think I said it but I was saying like is there a freaking line like yeah no I think like, you actually did say like, it. I think you actually is did there say a it. line uh you know and you know I think our goal is is kind of always the same like you and I are very just normal people and like yes. this whole thing is is funny um but it feels good being I feel like the leaders of a new era of Phillies fans or like a, a younger generation of Love Phillies this. fans that Love like, this. you know, that, that support the team don't melt down all the time, have a lot of passion. Um, and just like, just love the sport. And it was cool. Uh, you know, meeting everyone, it was incredible. And, you know, the, the Harper, <laughs> the Harper first at bat, the MVP chance are going, I know there's only like what, 30,000 people there, but you would have told me there was like 45 and I would have been like, yeah, I totally believe it. Cause it, it was felt like playoffs. It was the most playoffsy moment I've had at the bank in a while. Just that one moment with his at bat. Yeah, it, 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 loaded. it was like magical. It's so funny. I don't know if there's an extra like pitch in, in Philly fan, like in our, in our, uh, in our vocal cords or whatever. But we just sound louder. Like I don't know how to explain it. Like there, the CBP roar is is different. There is an extra level of of loud uh, at at Philly stadiums. I swear to you, I really believe that. And I, you know, maybe it's because we're you know great sports fans. But uh, like for thirty thousand people, that sounded like a sellout. And I don't think that happens everywhere else. Um, but yeah, incredible night. It was it was probably the biggest one yet. A lot of people came out. And uh, it was good seeing regulars. We have like have like our people. Um, Lisa showed up. That was great. You know, about time. You know, she's not finally. Really, I know. I mean, you good know. to see. You know, so finally, some support yeah. from 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 her. Um, and yeah, it was awesome. So I can't wait for the next one. And uh, hopefully, we'll get a playoff one. That's all I care about. Would you like to offer or uh, present a formal apology? To one Zoe Rose Seltzer hmm. uh, for your comments because she was at the game, they won, suck it. Um, apology? No. Well, they lost today, so uh, the okay. the jury yes, the fair. jury is still out on whether or not Zoe Seltzer ruined yeah. the season. Yeah, it's good. If we're gonna be real, since her first game, I mean, they're like you know seven and three or something like that, or you know eight and three or six and three, whatever. So mm. I'll take it. No, there's four losses. They, there's okay. four losses. Yes, mm-hmm. I'm not counting okay. the one that you're at. But no, I guess. Yeah, I no, guess you're right. It is today was the fourth loss. So I, yeah, I seven, guess the seven and four. The season might not be over because of Zoe Seltzer. So I, I will give that. I I appreciate you. You know, especially you know growth mindset. Two words you love to say: grow up. I appreciate you growing up there. <laughs> hey, and, and you know, saying what needed to be said. Here's what. So, here's here's how you. this is gonna go down. And let me, you can just tell me if you're on board or, or tell me if you're not on board. Um, I can't wait. But maybe at, I'm sure I'll be invited, but Zoe's high school graduation party, you know, oh, when, when yes. she is turning, you know, 18, whatever, about to go to college. And, you know, I'm there and I will go up to Zoe and I will say, 
you didn't ruin the 2022 Philly season. Love this. Yeah. Love this. Which, you know, imagine if you can say which turned out to be, you know, a championship season or something like that. Like, imagine what that comment could be to her if the Phillies can, you know, go and run. I'm yeah. just saying, Jack. About that. And then I'll say, um, I'll say right. then, and then I'll say, but you did risk it. Like, you, <laughs> yeah, I like mean, you she did. did. It's fair. <laughs> it's fair. It's fair. I can't argue with that. She's going to um, be so confused right. by that conversation, but I thoroughly look forward to it. She's going to have no idea what you're talking about, which would be great. And I like the idea that, you know, you're obviously going to see her many times over the years until then. So I like the idea that you would wait until her high school graduation or whatever to, to have this specific conversation with her. I really appreciate it. Well, it's really that's um, the time when right. you turn into an adult. So that they got yeah, I need to make sure she's an adult I before I have that conversation. Yes, yes. Speaking of adults, right? Grow up. Um, all right. Uh speaking of uh high hopes nights, and we'll talk about this more before it comes up, but September eighth, all right. Block the date off. High Hopes Watch Party. Not the same as going to a game, but we're going to go to a bar. Uh, Gleason's Bar and Grill in Levittown, September 8th for the Marlins. Um, so we will be there that night. We'll, we'll uh, talk more about it you know, as it, as it gets closer and stuff. But September 8th, block it out. It's coming up. Levittown, Gleason's Bar and Grill. Uh, Fritz and I will be there to watch some Phillies action. Again, all presented by Miller Lite. Thank you to Miller Lite for making this stuff happen. Because Jack and I always say, like, we just... You know, it's so cool for us to actually get to meet people who who love this because we love this and we love the community and Millerud's letting us kind of get together. So it's super cool. All right. Um, I have uh, like a bunch of notes and stuff, but I, I think you're probably going to get to a lot of it in your take bag and all that stuff. And uh, I know we don't have a ton of time. So um, and I have a really fun question I want to ask you at yes. the end of the pod, but take bag it up. And if there's anything you miss, I'll fire off what I had. How much have you thought about the depth on Chris Sanchez's slider since his start last week? Have you thought about it a lot? Um, honestly, maybe the thing I've thought about most, like per minute, if I were to think about all the things I've thought about in that time since then, it it probably is the highest percentage. It's close. It's close. That or my daughter driving me crazy, not going to bed on time, uh, you know, because that's a, a big chunk of time in the moment percentage-wise. Yeah. But I think it's up there. Yeah. It's up there. I would say so. Um, it's It was interesting. It was a... I went into, I went into way too much depth with yeah. that. No. I uh, just said yes. It was it was interesting, though. Like, I, I think they tweaked his mechanics a little bit to add a little bit more uh, depth to all of his pitches. So, you know, just consider me intrigued by the Chris Sanchez one start. Him and Falter, you know, our, our sixth, seventh... Uh, depth guys. Uh, speaking of new pitches, it looks like they taught Sam Coonrod a cutter. Uh, they, they've turned into like a cutter factory out of nowhere. Um, but I think they taught him a cutter that has a, a good amount of depth to it. And he looks, man, like I know they lost Knable for the year, but I'm pretty sure Coonrod can step right in and, and be perfectly fine. Um, you know, I think they need to, they kind of need to take the, the kid gloves off here a little bit. I mean, he's pitching today and then in like the ninth of a five nothing loss you know like let's get him into some some high leverage rolls uh faster but i think they they taught him like a little cutter with depth and this whole cutter movement this team's been on has just been it's been a good run here um i was gonna i was gonna say something nice about center guard slider but uh no not doing it i'm not table that yeah table we'll, that. we'll say let that let me throw a quick center guard thing at you yeah is it's still weird, right? Like I said, so Zach Wheeler is a Philly. Like I honestly don't even remember that he played for the Mets at any point in his career. Mm -hmm. But like with Cindergard, like I still feel like it's a Met Dude, pitching for the Phillies. 
And and I'm like, you're still a traitor, dude. Like you're, yeah. You, yeah. I it, it, like it just feels like I can't like I I'm rooting for him obviously, but like I can't like really get behind it. Like it, it's it's weird. I know, I know. It's a little. It's not the same. It's a little like Orlando Scandrick. Or like Demarco Murray. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, Demarco Murray is a better one. Yeah. Orlando Scandrick was here for like a half sack, but uh, yes, it's a, Demarco Murray is a really good, a really good example. Yeah. Uh, also, I know he's coming back from Tommy John, and this isn't like a critique. It's just, it's it's interesting to me how he can throw a ninety mile an hour changeup and a ninety four mile an hour fastball. Like, you know, give me, give me I know. mix it that in, is weird. Mix it ninety six, yeah. ninety seven for me one time. Uh dude. Nola's stuff against the Reds was probably the best I've just purely seen his stuff. Like uh, he's obviously it's probably his best game too, right? Uh, like you know, complete game, eleven strikeouts, five hits, like no walks. Like it might, it's it, it's one of his you know two or three best games, like game score, whatever you want to say, wise ever. And how about how about Thompson? I mean, letting him pitch through the eighth and then you know a little loved bit of it. trouble in the ninth. Like that, loved it. What a thought. That's managing. What a thought. It's... By the way, how about your boy, uh, how about Bryce, the comment about, like, uh, oh, yeah, we actually have a manager, like, you know, is rooting for the young kids or whatever. I know. I know. Like, hanging at this guy. Yeah. Throwing barbs out. Yeah, he wasted so much time. Um, but no, no. The thing As that... we knew. Who, who knew? <laughs> who, who, that no one said it. So, yeah, okay. The thing that the, the thing that really jumped out to me about Nola's stuff on, on the complete game is, like, you know how his two-seamer – it's obviously nasty when it starts at a lefty and then like comes back over the uh, inside part of the plate, but it, it kind of is loopy. Um, dude, he threw one that I swear I haven't seen since doc. Like doc used to throw that pitch too, except wow. it was like, it was like 96 and just moved, but it was like a, it was like a sharp movement rather than like a floaty movement. Nola's was like that. So, you know, I don't, maybe they tweak something in a bullpen, but uh, for some reason, all his stuff looked like it went up a tick. I mean, even his curveball, like, different uh i mean stubsy stubsy called a great game I, it, it was one of those games james where i was sitting there and i was me and stubs were on the same page i know it's important oh buddy i know it's important for him and nola to be on the same page but i do believe it's equally as important for me and stubsy to be on the same page so um you know there was the, the sequence in the eighth where it's like all right change up throw it again Bang, Stubbsy, throw it again. He's out of it. I love you're taking us into the mind of Jack Fritz watching this situation that you're like in the catcher's mind thinking, call this, call that. I love it. Big fan. I love it. Big fan of game calling. Uh, I love it. Jeans, jeans is maybe the biggest sign that that Phil's baseball is back. Um, You know, they're they're, they're up in right field. Uh, It's a fan group. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. And, you know, they're supporting Gene. I got to be honest, man. Like, I I didn't, I've grown to really love Gene Segura. Like, he talked this, he talked this week about how, you know, in the locker rooms he was in before as a young player, he felt like he never had a, a, a veteran leader that kind of took him under his wing. And now you're seeing him and Stott. You know, like like he's taking Stoddy under his wing. Like the home run, even though he lost the game against the Mets, like all the pure joy he had about that. Like I remember Shorebirds talking, uh, you know, around the All-Star break. They were like, who's the guy that you weren't uh, sure that you were going to really like love in the locker room that you ended up loving? He talked about yeah. Segura. Yeah. 
Um, and it's just like I've gotten to the point where it's like, dude, I not only do we need to make the playoffs for like our own sanity because we yes. want we want playoff yes. Fransky, like we need Gene, buddy, get Gene to the playoffs, man. Like, well, I didn't realize JT's number two too. Did you realize that we have the two players yeah. of baseball who played the most games without going in the playoffs? Like, yeah. man, yeah, it's like such a microcosm of the macro of us. Um, it's such a good point, dude. And he just seems like such a fun guy. He's oh, he's having fun out there. Like we always say, like they're playing a kid's game, but like they are playing a kid's game. And like it's nice to see a dude out there, you know, talking to people, having fun doing it, like enjoying the moment of it all. I, I think it's such a great point. And to your point, I think we've heard multiple players over the years say he's their favorite teammate or he's super cool to be around or whatever. Um, I'm really with you, man. I I, I think you know as much as you know we want it for us and all that. It is a nice little, you know, cherry on top or a cherry on topper, I should say. Hey, um, that we could end the streak for those guys too, particularly Gene. Yeah, it, it would be it would be awesome, and uh, I think him and Stott have like a new post game win celebration where they see who can get up higher to like for the high five or something. Like you know, that Got stuff. It. That stuff. Jack, cool. real quick, yeah. hey, dude. To this point, what you're about to say, like, how fun is it to like see stuff that's organic and not contrived and feels real and feels fun? Like we used to like stupid. I almost cursed. The stupid freaking Homer hat and the, you know, all this stuff, the bamboo. And that was, you know, I like Brad Miller. It was a nice idea. Like, but all this stuff that was so contrived and so not, you know, not real. Like this stuff feels authentic and real. It's like, oh, wow. Like this is what it looks like when everyone likes each other and they're, they're playing well and they believe in each other and all that stuff. Like, oh yeah, that's what it looks like. Well, yeah, and then you you add you add in what Stott's been doing recently with the post game interviews, like sneaking up behind yeah, guys. Yeah, I love the little cups of water. It's so clever. It's so clever. Yeah, it's just this is this is what winning baseball looks like. I know it's Good. been a, Good, buddy. I know it's Good. I know it's been a decade. I know it's been a long oh, time. I love it. I'm really smiling right now. I'm super happy. This is what winning baseball looks like. And my final uh, thing in the take bag is I have an official statement on the attendance. Ooh, love it. This is important. The, the voice of Phillies baseball is speaking to this. So, you know, pay attention. Correct. My official, <laughs> my, my official position on the attendance is obviously I want more people there, but I, I, I don't care. Like, like keep winning baseball games and people will show up. Like it has been, a, I know we are diseased. I know we believe this team is great. I know we believe that they're going to end the playoff drought and they have a chance to do more. And we feel like this is a winning special baseball team. But it, it just takes a longer time for that to reach the general public. No doubt, dude. No and, doubt. Like, I don't blame a single person. Like, they haven't made the playoffs in 10-plus uh, years. Like, you, they, like, I don't blame anybody. I'm very with you, Jack. And, you know, it, it's been it's been 10-plus years. I want to see people there. They got 37,000 on Saturday night against the Pirates. So I think that was kind of meaningful. Um, but, you know, I just... I know this fan base well enough to know that as we go down the stretch run here and as these games get more important, people are going to show up. Like we know from our ratings here that people are listening, people are tuned in. It's just it's getting over the hurdle of being in, watching from home and going to the ballpark and wanting to be a part of the atmosphere. Like you know, that's where they're getting to right now. Like I think they, I think they are building towards that. It just takes a longer time, especially in baseball. It, it always has. It's always been that way. You know, people will bring up the attendance from 0407. Like, oh, well, they were doing this and they were doing that. And they also missed the postseason. 
It was a brand new ballpark. It was a brand new ballpark. And you had like Howard going on the MVP run. You had Utley, you had Rollins. Like, you know, there were some homegrown guys. Like a lot of the fan base is still learning this team. And, you know, I think really for the last two and a half months is the first time where I felt people were saying, I love this baseball team. So, you know, just deep breaths. Uh, It's, it's, Sure, would I want more people to be there? There's 30,000 people there today on a hot Sunday against the Pirates. Like, I think people are in, and I think as they can continue to go down the stretch run here, I think that that park is going to get more and more filled. And, you know, that that first rally towel game in September is going to bring tears to my eyes. So my official position on the attendance is it's not a big deal. Wake me up in September. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm totally with you. And I will give an official position on the way we talk about this team. Um, it is not okay to rip them for beating bad teams. To say to even mention, like, oh, they're only beating bad teams. First of all, they're not. Like, they have a winning record against all the teams they're competing with for a playoff. We keep getting to say, oh, they're four games ahead of the Brewers. Oh, no, wait, they're five. Because they hold the freaking tiebreaker against these teams. They have a winning record against the freaking Dodgers. All right? Like, Enough. But even outside of that, like we can't spend the last five years saying they never beat the teams they're supposed to beat. They go to Miami and they lose. They go to Cincinnati and they lose. Like blah, blah, blah. Like we can't say that and then turn around and not give them credit for doing that this year. I'm so sick of it. I'm so tired of it. And it's not people listening to this pod. Honestly, this is more a PSA for the people who listen to this pod to go to your friends and the people you know in your life who are doing this. Cause I know Jack and I hear it on WIP. We just do. Like enough. All right. You can't you can't have it both ways. Either you don't care about them beating bad teams or good teams beat bad teams. And that's what they're doing right now, which is where I'm at. And that's important. Yeah. And also what no one brings up is that for the first two months, dude, their schedule was insane. Like when when you look at how tough it was like and that never gets brought up when we bring up the the schedule discussion. Now, also in, in other baseball news real quick, Josh Hader allowed six runs in a third of an inning today. Dude, he's given up like 12 runs in four innings since coming to San Diego. God. He's not the closer. God, Veerling. He's Veerling. not the closer anymore. Yeah, Veer- Veerling and Veerling Bone and like, ruined him. <laughs> clutch uh, guys doing clutch things. Man. All right. That's all I got in the take back. All right, good. Um, last thing I got, do you have a final thought? Because the last thing I'm going to end on this question for you that I, I think you're really going to enjoy. Oh, well, yeah. My final thought is they haven't won a series in Arizona since 2016 or a series wow. in in uh in really in, yeah they want us they haven't won a series in arizona since 16 and a series in san francisco since 2011 wow. so it's time to uh time to, to end that yeah and san francisco is floundering right now so take care of business give it back to gabe gabe has gotten the best of us since he's been out there let's uh let's turn around all right fritzy uh last thing I want to add on because I think it's a really fun question. I think you're like such a perfect person to answer it. And I had this conversation with my buddy Tommy recently, and it was I was reminded of it today when um when Brogdon uh, in the eighth uh, had the strikeout to end the inning and just you know walked off the mound before the strikeout call and like just that super badass of the K strut where you like know that the umpire is going to call a strikeout and it's like just a badass move. No better feeling in the world as someone that experienced it a couple times. I'm sure. And that's why I want to ask you this question because it it made me think of a conversation I had my buddy Tommy um, when I was watching um, uh, uh, oh my god, which left you? I can't remember. But um, uh, watching just a a baseball game and, and I was thinking about like that moment with Brogdon, like what is your favorite pitch moment like so like for example i have two and i'm not sure which is my favorite i think it's the lefty one but my two favorite pitch moments are a 
like legit swooping lefty hook that completely freezes a right-handed hitter and they just sit there and stare at a strike three dumbly and like almost even like, you know, pivot as they go because they're like so frozen by it. That or a like Brad Lidge style like falls off the table and a batter swings like a foot over the baseball for strike three. I think I prefer the hook. I think like a perfect hook freeze the batter like where they even like twitch and they're frozen is my single favorite baseball pitch to watch. But, you know, who cares what I think? Mm. This is your world, Jack. <laughs> what is the best pitch to watch? Like the best pitch moment, pitch, you know, third strike this. Yeah, like the best pitch moment in baseball. I thought about this a lot. Um, I figured you had. Honestly, that's why I didn't like tell you I was doing this forever. I knew you'd be ready for it. And I love you. Well, um, so it's I got two answers because it's different. So as did I. So which is fair. My first favorite is a fastball on the outside corner that he stares at for strike three. Um, and such a pitcher answer. I love dude, it. It's like, it's like, <laughs> see ya. Um, like the, uh, but also like the Nola, the Nola two schema that starts at a guy's, you know, chest. And, yeah. And, and just and, cuts back. Oh, over. Dude, yeah, it's, it's just, great. it is so just good. gorgeous. Um, so but good. if I was, I think my favorite was a, change up that got a swing and miss because like in your mm -hmm. head you're like oh you thought that was a fastball didn't you <laughs> <laughs> you're way out in front of it yeah. yeah you thought that was a fastball didn't you uh and getting a swing and a miss on a change up uh i, th I think change up is my favorite pitch in baseball so um i would say uh, a swing and a miss on a change up where a guy is just like way out in front of it is my probably my favorite pitch in baseball love it that's awesome i knew you'd be ready for that and that makes me really happy i miss pitching um, i miss pitching every single day it's a fun, it's a fun thought until yeah, I do it. Man, and then sure. it's like, Oh, my legs are jelly. See, that's one. Of, yeah, I'm sure. Uh, that's one of the things that I know everyone listening to this pod, uh, because they are, you know, like us, just diseased baseball fans and Phillies fans is thinking right now, wait a minute, let me think of what my favorite is, or they know immediately what their favorite is. And that's, what's awesome about it. All right. Um, Fritzy, uh, do good on the radio. If you're listening, if you're one of those people and, and Jack and I are always like, um, like amazed and and um humbled when people like tweeted us like right after we put the pot out like an hour later they're like listened already it's like the coolest thing in the world so if you're one of those people jack's on the radio coming up soon uh seven to ten tonight sunday night on wip check it out i'm guessing the reason phil's talk so check fritzy out um uh this is fun yeah. buddy phil's uh, are good. I already, like, they're just a good baseball team i already have my take for seven o'clock you want to know what it is of course it's time to raise expectations on this Phillies team. No, oh, I love it. Making the playoffs is no longer just good enough. You need to win a series. Two one five five nine two, ninety four ninety four. Call like someone listen to this <laughs> podcast and call Jack. It'll make me sad. He'd be like, I called because I heard the pod. Jack will text me. You'll make both our nights. All right. Um, this is fun. Be back later in the week. Off day. There's lots of uh, stuff coming up, so we will uh, obviously be here. Um, as we're about that into September, Jack, and the Phillies are good. It's good. What a world. Chris and Seltzer, see you later.